You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Live at the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia for Browns Training Camp, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Nathan Zagura and Gerard Cherry. Good afternoon and welcome in to the Greenbrier Sports Performance Center in West Virginia. Nathan Zagura, Jason Gibbs with you here today. Gerard Cherry will be joining at 1.30. Gibbe, the Browns Hi. had a day off yesterday. We had a day off yesterday. Boy, did we. It was glorious. Zagura tried to kill himself. Yeah, my back's a little sore today. I did something I've never done before, which is play 54 holes of golf in one day. No, thank you. The 18 we played at 4 o'clock when it was 95 degrees was more than enough for me. There was one point where we thought maybe we weren't going to survive that golf course. <laughs> and then out of nowhere. And then out of nowhere. We just talked about, like, the prices for things off of that golf cart, the snack cart at the Greenbrier, <laughs> are very exorbitant, I would say. It's like they know that they've got you here and you can't do anything else. You're out on this golf course in sweltering heat. But we were just like, you know what, we're, will- we're willing to go all in now. If we can see this lady, and as if she heard it, uh, the cart comes out of the, like a mirage in the desert, and there she was, and we finally got some, some water, <laughs> and we were like back to being alive again. But it was, it was a great day, great time. And for the Cleveland Browns, today was a time, a day after that, you know, to get a chance to see veteran teams. They respond well to those days off. They know how to handle them. Teams that are very professional and going about their business, and they come out and they're very sharp. And that's what we saw today. We saw an incredibly sharp practice from the Cleveland Browns. Uh, A lot of highlights, a lot of things to get to. But let's just start with, and these are our hot topics of the day, presented by Vivid Seats, an official fan experience partner of the Cleveland Browns. Injuries. Uh, Anthony Schwartz returned to practice today for the first time. He did not participate in anything other uh, than individual drills, didn't do one-on-ones, didn't do team, any of that. But he was back at practice for the first time today, which was good to see. Um, Rodney McLeod and David Njoku were given veteran days off, uh, and that's something that we'll see throughout this camp. I think they're going to kind of rotate those guys in waves, a couple guys here, a couple guys there. My guess is for the padded practices, they're going to want to get everybody out there tomorrow, and so I would expect that we'll see that. Uh, still not practicing today, Marquise Goodwin, Amari Cooper, Colby Gossett, and Sione Takitaki. Matthew Adams will be out a few weeks with a calf injury. He is currently in a boot, and he was brought in here to be a special teams ace. Uh, But that's given some young guys, and we'll highlight some people who have really kind of stood out here, an opportunity to 
step up in that linebacker room. Also, Mike Harley Jr. and Jacob Phillips left the practice field with trainers. Uh, no word there, but I do not believe either of those are considered to be serious, especially on Mike Harley Jr.'s side, because uh, I was able to talk to him after practice and felt like, things are going to be okay. Now, I don't know if that means he missed a little time, but he had a very nice day for him. We'll get into that, some of the highlights of the day. But that's kind of where everything stood from a a standpoint of who was in, who was out for the Browns. Still, Jakeem Grant not participating in the wide receiver drills yet. He is doing some punt returning, but not yet participating in wide receiver drills. Um, but this team came out after their day off, and I thought had a great day of practice here today. And as we said, the defense kind of had the better of the offense uh, in – on Tuesday's session, today it was the offense, especially in the field portion. We'll talk about the mini red zone seven-on-seven seven at the end. But in the field portion of the day, Deshaun Watson was on fire. He was on fire. And listen, you don't have to take my word for it because we're going to have an interview. And believe me, if you're tuning in now, you need to stay with us, obviously, until 3 o'clock. But you definitely want we got Gerard Cherry coming up at 1.30. We'll hear from the head coach, Kevin Stefanski, at around 1.20. Uh, and then in hour number two, kicking off hour number two, We've got a one-on-one that I just recorded with Juan Thornhill as he came right off of the practice field today. And he'll tell you about what Deshaun Watson did, but he's also got a lot of comments on this roster, on this team, and what he believes the Cleveland Browns are capable of that you do not want to miss because he knows he's done it. He's only played in the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl in his career. So he's a guy that understands what it takes and what teams that are able to achieve great things, what they look like. Gibby, I thought today was, as I said, very sharp practice. Um, Deshaun Watson, you could, the talent is immense. And he started making some throws there in the field pier where he got into a real groove where he was just throwing the ball with such velocity and such accuracy that even the DBs, they, they knew. I talked to a couple of those guys after practice. They are like, man, we're, just, we're glad he's on our team because this is going to be a great back and forth. I think we're going to have days where the defense looks really good, days where the offense looks really good. And that's because this team is really good. And they're going to have some real battles uh, out here on these practice fields before we get ready for the start of this season. I thought the offense looked good, but the defense had some great moments today too. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand Watson looked good. Watson looked great. Uh, who had the big catch over the defender? Jordan uh, Akins. Yes. I thought it might have been the best play of the day. Yeah, that was a great one. Hell of a catch. I mean, you had a couple of just lasers in the middle of the field, one to Dalen Baldwin, one to DPJ, a couple to Elijah Moore. You had the bomb to Jalen Darden that Watson threw, just dropped into a bucket on absolute dime. They looked great. Deshaun Watson looked great. And defensively, they did. Jordan Kunashik was flying around. Muhammad Diabate was flying MJ Emerson had a pick. That was down in the red zone. celebration. Yeah, they all took off for the end. Yeah, they did. They did. Watson also had a touchdown to Elijah Moore on a sick route from Elijah Moore, which is, if you're following anybody on Brown's Twitter, that route has made its way out there. A little jerk route working one-on-one with Denzel. He slipped, still got up. Watson put the ball where only he could get it, and he made a touchdown. So very sharp day, both sides of the ball, to your point. Um and it was just – it's good to see. This is a good football team. It feels different watching them practice because it feels like almost on any given play, when the ones are out there, anybody can make a play. You know, and then these things, these are – not. this isn't a passing camp. There is some running, but I think we'll see more running, I would imagine, in tomorrow and Saturday sessions, more run plays because – when the pads are on, that's how you can really tell if people are doing their run fits, if the offensive line, how that blocking is going, all of that. So I think that that's kind of where – were at in terms of seeing the ground game Nick Chubb we haven't seen much of it but I think we will see and by the way the one run he had today 
who knows if he gets tagged up in the backfield. You never know. It's impossible to say when people aren't tackling because that's the whole thing. One of the things he does well is break tackles that in these they run by and they're like, ooh, we touched him up. His acceleration, though, is still so fun to watch. Just that burst when he gets into, you know, the open field and he's gone. I think the most interesting thing was I think we were all wondering what the team was going to look like after a day off. They look great. And, at, you know, the first couple of minutes, just getting your legs back underneath you. And there was no cloud cover. There was no uh, – when the team took the field – Normally, in the mornings, there's been a nice little fog and some cloud cover. It it was hot the moment they stepped on the field today. Oh, yeah. There were some clouds at the middle part of practice, but and you're just like, okay, so what what are they going to look like? Crisp, ready to go, dialed in, focused. Yeah. All, all of the above. I, if you're Kevin Stavansky, you got to be ecstatic with the work you got today. You've got to be thrilled. And, yeah. and this is the kind of team, and I know he was so excited about the route Elijah Moore ran on that touchdown. Uh, he had a couple, Watson had a couple throws where he fancy came over, gave him a high five. Um, just kind of walk you through the paces of what happened today, kind of the progression in terms of what I would call competitive periods. Started off with some one-on-ones. There were three receivers I thought that absolutely put on a show and stood out in those one-on-ones. Uh, Elijah Moore, you just watch the guy run routes. It's it's. Awesome to watch. Again, Amari wasn't out there, so your top two receivers were Elijah Moore, DPJ. DPJ knows how to get open, knows how to use his body. But I thought the people that really stood out, Elijah Moore, Jalen Darden had a great day of practice today. He was running vertical routes. He was getting open on short routes. He was selling verticals, running curls. He had a phenomenal day. And Mike Harley Jr., I think every pass that was thrown to him in those one-on-ones, he was he caught. But it's one thing to just say that they're all completed. They should be completed. But the separation that he was creating – was massive, and that tells you that is a great route run by Mike Harley Jr. This guy was on the practice squad last year, and I think has a chance to be there once again, and maybe he's even pushing. Maybe he's trying to push to make this 53. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. Then on the other side, you had the tight ends. Again, no David Njoku out there today. Akins continues to look very good. Jerome Ford had maybe the play of the day in one-on-ones where he made a nice touchdown catch to conclude the one-on-one period. Um, I will say from a defensive standpoint, a defense standpoint, Mohamed Diabate continues to impress. He had some, a couple of PBUs in the one-on-ones. He's just everywhere. He's got a natural leadership about him. We've talked about Jason Tarver highlighting him, and you think about Adams is out. Taki's not doing team drills. Uh, Awok's not doing team drills. Jacob Phillips left early. He had an opportunity. He stepped in there with the ones when Jacob Phillips, after Jacob Phillips left. So keep an eye on him. Could he push himself onto the 53 here with the Cleveland Browns, which would mean a name that we're very familiar with is not on the Cleveland Browns. That's, I think, going to be one of the storylines that's emerging early. But remember, no pads on. If we're saying the same things after next week, after the Hall of Fame game, then you know that it's starting to get real. Guys that can continue, and you're going to hear Juan Thornhill with his take on how some guys respond to pads, both good and bad. How they respond to putting those pads on. So it started with the one-on-ones. Then we get into the 11-on-11s. And I said Deshaun Watson was sharp. He had balls to Aikens, balls to Elijah Moore. Nice pass to DPJ over the middle. Jordan Kunashik, though, working with the ones as the Mike linebacker. Had a great break on a ball where he got a PBU, knocked it up in the air, almost got picked, uh, which was a great job there. Then uh, Dobbs came in, and the big play that he had was to Jalen Darden on a crossing route. Back to the ones again. This is on the first 11-on-11s. And then uh, Jordan Aikens, an insane catch on that slot fade that you talked about. DPJ had a big dig, and they've really kind of gotten that going. That dig route to DPJ work in the middle of the field has been very successful for them so hard. 
Then they all got together and they did a what you'd call a team for like a fourth and one play. The ones tried to draw the defense offside. They did not jump. They got praised for that. The twos did a sneak, and then the threes, Kellen Mond fumbled the snap. That would be the last that we saw, Kellen Mond, and I'll talk about that in a second. We go back to the team period again with the ones, um, and this is where Watson really started going. A dart to Elijah Moore on a deep curl under a vertical clear-out route from Jalen Darden. Back shoulder dime to DPJ on the sideline for about 15. Then a dime to Brian on a play-action sail route on the left side of the field that was a perfect ball. He was just sharp today. Then you get Dorian Thompson Robinson for the first time today. And you guys know I've been excited about him. He had not gotten the opportunities thus far. Well, today he got his opportunities. His first pass, he was doing a bootleg and a rollout to the left, and it kind of got disrupted the timing. He was a little late, and it got tipped. And you're like, okay, all right, settle down in there, settle in there. Uh, Charlie Thomas, the young linebacker, got his hands on that one. So we didn't see much. Then it was two run plays, and it was back to Deshaun Watson. Watson comes in again. Isaiah Thomas had a nice sack coming off of working against Jed Wills. He had a nice camp. He had a good good. practice the other day on Tuesday. That's going to be a tough room for them to really figure out what they're going to do there, a very, very tough room for them to figure out what they're going to do there. So he had a sack. Then it was another dime to Elijah Moore. Then he he brought a full blitz. He got a hot route to David Bell for a nice game. And then Deshaun showing his ability to run the ball, took a keeper off the left side for about 10 yards himself. Then we get back to Doreen Thompson-Robinson. Boom, he comes out thrown deep out to Darden for 10 and a half yards. Then uh, he rolls out left and throws a bomb to Watkins, Austin Watkins, who had just joined the team this week for a touchdown. And you could see his confidence start to grow. He looked good there. So after that teams, more special teams, you progress now to seven on sevens. Obviously, this is in the offense's favor. And Watson really just started lighting it up. That skinny post to Dalen Baldwin through a tight window. The pass to DPJ. A comeback by Tillman on a broken play. And then a bomb touchdown to Jalen Darden. 40 yards dropped in the bucket. And it was like they were humming, humming. Then comes uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Uh, just missed Tillman on one. Then a great placement to uh, Zaire Mitchell-Payton with Diabati draped all over him. And that was it for that. Move into the red zone. This is where it got heated up, especially with the starters. Everybody's close. Everybody's talking. Uh, First play was a tip ball. Almost squeezed it in there to Harrison Bryant. Fell incomplete. Bryant had a chance to catch it off the tip. Couldn't come down with it. Second play, Elijah Moore. Touchdown on the one-on-one with Ward. Ran a little jerk route like he was running it in. Spun it back outside. Lost his footing for a second. Was able to regain his balance. Ball was put outside. Touchdown. That was an exciting play. Working on Denzel Ward, and then you love this very next play. They go Cedric Tillman using his big body on a slant on Denzel Ward. Ward gets his hand in there, pops the ball up, almost picked off incomplete. And then on the fourth play in the red zone, they try to slant to Jalen Darden, and MJ Emerson just jumped in front of it, using his physicality. He gets the pick at the goal line and goes the other way, which gives that one defense that had been Deshaun Watson been getting them. That gave him a nice little bit of momentum at the end of that practice there. The twos come in, and then Dorian Thompson-Robinson goes touchdown, touchdown, incomplete touchdown. Was just humming there. And two of the touchdowns were to Cedric Tillman. No surprise. High school teammates, Bishop Gorman, they had it going. And you could see that. I think we're going to see that in the Hall of Fame game, those two hooking up. So great day for DTR, who, you know, I think that the plan when he was drafted, compete with Kellen Mond. They probably hoped that he could beat out Kellamon, but they probably didn't care. Both are on rookie deals. Let the best man win and, you know, hopefully one day be the heir apparent to Josh Dobbs as the team's backup quarterback because you have to make salary considerations, you know, going forward. 
Um, Dobbs is the backup. I don't want people to read into what's going on. They know what they have in Josh Dobbs, and obviously he is the backup for this team. Deshaun's the starter. They're trying to figure out a little bit what they've got in these young guys, and I think we're going to see a lot of these young guys going forward here uh, in that Hall of Fame game, which is a week from today, a week from today the Browns will kick off their preseason. So that was what we saw today. Um, good practice. We're going to get Gerard in here at the bottom of the hour. We're going to go through, you know, what his vantage point was. I was down on the sidelines. He was up in the stands, had a good vantage point there. But all in all, I thought a very sharp day of practice. Deshaun Watson was incredibly sharp. Dorian Thompson-Robinson impressed as well. And uh, good day for the Browns. Good bounce back from the offense, I thought. And I think we're going to have a lot of back and forth throughout the course of this camp. So, again, Kevin Stefanski next. The bottom of the hour, Gerard Cherry will join us. He'll be with us until 2.30. But at 2 o'clock, Browns fans, trust me, you're going to want to hear Juan Thornhill and what he has to say with our exclusive one-on-one here live from Browns training camp. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily live from the Sports Performance Center at the Greenbrier in West Virginia. We'll be back right here on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Live at Browns Training Camp, located at the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumkey Waste and Recycling is a family-owned business and operation for over 90 years, driven by a strong sense of pride in making the world a cleaner and greener place for future generations to live. Learn more by visiting rumkey.com. Nathan Zagura, Jason Gibbs, live from the Greenbrier here. Cleveland Browns training camp 2023. Today, the second real practice. Before that practice happened, though, head coach Kevin Stefanski spoke with the media. Take a listen to a part of that conversation. You talk about the versatility Elijah allows you to have on offense and just what he can do. What about his skill set allows him to be as versatile as he is? Well, in order to be versatile, you got to line up all over the place. So I'd tell you just intelligence, first of all. Uh, with some of our players, the more you can do, uh, we're going to do it for you, but you got to be able to line up and you got to be able to, hey, you're playing the X this play and then you're playing the Z the next play. So that uh, in of itself is, is a high bar to clear, and, and, he, and he's great at that. And then physically, I mean, you guys see he's he's both quick, he's fast, uh, he's got very, very, very strong hands, he's competitive. Um, so uh, there's, a, there, there's the versatility piece of where he can line up, but just the different jobs he can do because of his skill set uh, just is impressive. What has Darius brought, uh, you know, even just in this camp from just a leadership standpoint and you know, helping young guys and all that? Yeah, Z's been uh, awesome. Uh, practices really, really hard. I mean, works, and, and that's, you know, he's after my own heart with how he, how he works out here on the field. So, uh, like you mentioned, he's a leader. He, he's done at a high level in this league. He, he's been through a lot in this league. Uh, so I think just him imparting his knowledge of, of things that he's seen is so important to our young guys. Year four for DPJ, just how have you guys seen him grow in this offense? And, and yeah, just, uh, you know. Donovan, as we've talked about many, many times, uh, he's very, very friendly target for the quarterbacks, both because of his size and length and, and leaping ability, and he's always going to be where he's supposed to be. So uh, there's been plays already this camp where he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do, and the ball's going, making it to number 11 because uh, that's that's the result of, of him doing his job. much has Martin just thrown over the last year? MJ Emerson? Yeah. 
yeah, he's doing, uh, you know, I think he, he looks really good to me physically. Uh, he, he's, he's doing a nice job both in drills and in the practice reps that he's getting. As you know, he's, he's a very long player, so it's, he's a difficult guy for our receivers to get off of when he's in press. Uh, but a, another diligent worker, so I'm excited for him. What was it about MJ that inspired the coaching staff to trust him as quickly as you guys did last year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's that's just results of, of doing your job and, and performing. Uh, you know, a lot of rookies, you, you feel one way about them and, and and you are confident about them, but they got to go do it. They got to go show you through practices, through preseason games that they're red. And I think MJ did that last season, and it's no different than a lot of the rookies now. Uh, they will. They'll earn roles as opposed to be given roles. Marquise and Anthony both kind of sideline right now. I don't know how long Anthony's going to be out, but I mean, do you have a void for the vertical stretch guy, or do you need to really look at that? Um, yeah, I, I think we're, we're comfortable with where we are, Mary Kay, with the players that we have. Uh, we have we have versatility in that room. I, I know you mentioned Marquise and Anthony and, and their skill sets, but we're confident with the guys we have. Are there any other? Yeah, it's uh, I'll, it's hard to say because it's early, but this rookie class is is uh, I'm impressed with how they take care of their business. Uh, they're not pros yet; they're going to be rookies for this whole season. But uh, we, we put a lot on the. What do you expect to add today? What will we see on the Yeah, see uh, a few more uh, competitive periods. Uh, we're going to work uh, some situations. We'll be back in the red zone again. I think. It's really important uh, early to get red zone work because, number one, it also takes some running off of your receivers the more you get in there. And I just think it's important for both sides, offensively and defense, uh, to be locked in down there because we know that's points. Kevin, you guys brought back Anthony Walker. Just what does he mean, uh, I guess, you know, from an intangible standpoint and then just the work he's done to, to come back from that injury? Yeah, intangibles. Uh, you know, hard to describe, obviously, but he's the presence. His presence is felt really throughout the building, uh, meeting rooms, weight room, on on the field. Uh, he's a pro's pro, and just with his career and what he's been able to accomplish, and and plays at a high level, and then provides great leadership off the field. With that, Kevin, I mean, he's been around for a while, and you have a serious injury like that. What does it say about a guy to say, hey, "I'm committed to coming back and continuing to do this"? Yeah, that's. I'll tell you what, it's hard get, when you're injured and, and you're out of it, it's so easy to feel like you're away from the team. And, and that was never uh, where AWOC was, even while dealing with the injury last year. Uh, and then to come back, you know, we were so excited that we were able to bring him back because, uh, you know, I think he represents a lot of uh, what we are. The defense was real chatty and understandably so in that seven on seven uh, the other day. Um, just, I know there's ebbs and flows, uh, you know, to this. From your perspective, when you see a period like that where the offense doesn't have the success, um, how do you look at that when you're going back and kind of dissecting things? And, and then your conversations like with Deshaun and some of the, the teaching moments. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was great work for both sides. You know, like today's going to be great work for both sides. Um, it's football. Sometimes the defense is going to win. Sometimes the offense is going to win. Uh, luckily, I always win as the head coach, so I'm happy either way. Uh, but it's it's they're great, great competitive reps to learn from uh and that's that's going to be true throughout this training camp that's browns head coach kevin stefanski prior to this practice talking about some of the new additions on the cleveland browns and elijah moore's and darius smith both of them hard to miss when you come out and watch a browns practice i like his thought 
I win no matter what. If the offense has a good day, well, great. Yeah, he's the head if coach. If the defense wins, exactly. I have a good day. Like, well, here's the thing. Got a little bit of both today, Coach. And when you're talking to some of the players afterwards, some of the coaches, as, as I did, and, and that's one of the neat things about being able to be here is that, you know, in Berea, we wouldn't be able to go in there and ha- break bread with them right after a practice. We do get to do that here at the Greenbrier. And so you're able to kind of get some of those insights. And you, you know that, yeah, there are ebbs and flows that it is back and forth. But as one coach put it to me, we are good. And, he, you know, not my side of the ball, not the other side of the ball. We are good. This team is good. And that is why a lot of people have a lot of optimism about what this team can be this year. And that's why we're putting in, building the foundation right now. Tomorrow will be really kind of the first step on the ground floor, right? Getting the pads on, getting to work. I know the first preseason game is a week away. That's not really for the guys that will be playing against the Cincinnati Bengals. That's just the fact of the matter. It's not. I, I, don't, I don't know that you'll see, save for maybe a couple guys that you'll see on special teams, I don't know that you're going to see anybody that you'll see on the field against the Cincinnati Bengals. So that first game, though, is a great opportunity for some of the young people who have been flashing to continue that for on offense, you know, for Dorian Thompson-Robinson, for Jerome Ford, for Mike Harley Jr., Jalen Darden, Dalen Baldwin, Cedric Tillman, those young players. I bet you'll see David Bell, who I think trying to still kind of figure his way out here as a wide receiver in the NFL after being so darn good at Purdue. And then defensively, it's it's for those young guys trying to sort out that defensive room, defensive end room, the two Isaiahs. You're going to see, you know, Ika get some opportunities. Maurice Hurst trying to resurrect his career here. Uh, the linebacking core, you're going to see so much of Diabate and Charlie Thomas because they have opportunities to to make a statement. Diabate's done that. On the back end, you're going to see these young guys. De'Anthony Bell, a couple of Ohio State yeah. guys, Ronnie Hickman, McAllister. So there's a lot that's going to go on in those games that are not necessarily – relevant to what's going to happen when the Browns play the Bengals, but will be an important part of shaping this roster, not only for this year, but taking a look at some of the succession planning that Andrew Barry, who's engaged in a phone call just off to our right right now, is that he's doing in the planning of this this roster, not just for this season, but for this season, certainly, and beyond. When we come back, talking about you know what it takes to win a Super Bowl, who knows better than three-time Super Bowl champion Gerard Cherry, Browns sideline reporter. He joins us next here when Cleveland Browns Daily returns live from the Sports Performance Center at the Greenbrier in West Virginia here on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.
Live at Browns Training Camp, located at the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. When a medical mistake causes you injury, call the medical malpractice attorneys at 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk, proud partner of the Cleveland Browns. We welcome in Brown sideline reporter and three-time, three-time, three-time Super Bowl champion Gerard Cherry onto the program now for the next hour. And by the way, folks, it is Mailbag Thursday, so tweet your questions for Gibby and I to at Browns underscore daily. Oh, man, we'll get to your questions at 2.30. Exciting oh. mailbag. Let's go. Anything and everything. Bring it. All right, Gerard, day off. I think it's an important day to see how players, the team, responds to that freedom that they had yesterday, the ability to kind of go out and do whatever, get their mind right, get their body right. You wanted to see it be crisp. What did you see? I saw early on I thought, okay, this is going to be another day in which the defense dominates. And then all of a sudden I felt like the offense woke up and it became a very competitive, active, and fun practice to watch. You saw a lot of talent on display from arm talent standpoint, <laughs> as well as receivers catching difficult balls. And what I really enjoy was watching actual defensive coaches give props to wide receivers and tight ends who made some sensational plays. So it was a really active and live practice because typically speaking, the day prior to Pats is normally a situation where, all right, let me just get through this because the big day is really tomorrow, so I'm going to kind of ease my way through this. But I didn't feel that was the case with this practice. No, I think there was a sense of urgency, and it's an opportunity you know, to get good work. And you mentioned it. I thought that once Watson got going, he was on fire. I thought, And you'll even hear from Juan Thornhill. He said you know, he was cooking us out there for a while when mm-hmm. they got into the field portion of it in the middle of the field. I uh, had a couple of sequences where he hit basically every pass, and he was throwing the ball into some tight windows with a lot of velocity. I mean, almost shut. Yeah, almost shut, but the ball was getting in yeah. there. You were up a little bit higher when you were seeing it through your defensive mind standpoint. You know, sometimes as a defense, you have to tip your cap. There were some of those today where the defense was actually in good position, had a good call, and the ball just got in there anyway. Yeah, and I am totally defensive biased. We know that. Yes. There are three or four times where I found myself clapping after offensive play because it was that nice of a play and that well executed from the throw to the catch and just being in the right place and taking care of business and making a difficult catch. So, love what I saw today out of offense. And, again, the defense has some moments, too. No doubt. And I really love when my man, MJ Emerson, got the interception. In the red zone, yep. And ran really, well, about, well really 80 yards, if not further. Link to the field, and you had like eight or nine other defensive players joining him in running down the field and just having fun. That's the type of stuff you want to see. You want to obviously win, but you also want to make it fun because when you make it fun – that's what this is all about, creating camaraderie, creating a purpose for why we're here playing football. And you're starting to see, again, those things being built. We're in the early stages of it. Yes, we are. But they are being built, and that's the encouraging part because that right there, seeing different guys celebrate with their teammate on a great play, and it looked really legitimate, organic enthusiasm, oh, yeah. is a great thing. And then, again, watching the offense come back, make plays, and be just as enthusiastic about what they were doing. Yeah, you like to see that. All right, outside of Watson, because we talked about him, but I'll start there. Overall from Deshaun, what did you see today? What I saw was, we, as we mentioned earlier, tight, almost shut windows in which you're like, how did he get that pass in there? You saw that take place. And you also saw a couple times where just he and the receivers have to work on that rapport and work on getting things connected. That's going to take over time, and mainly with the younger guys. Yep. I saw that more so than anything. 
But what you did walk away from experience saying is like, man, we got ourselves a heck of a quarterback in how he was slinging, as we like to say, that rock. Yeah, he was and also had a nice dot on about a 40-yard dime to Jalen Darden, who I thought had a nice day. He's had a really – I was going to say, Jalen Darden, you come out of here, you see number 16, watch him. Yeah. Because he has had a really nice camp. First couple days kind of quiet. But today in particular, he made a few plays and let everyone know about it. I'm here to make some plays. So I was impressed with his effort today. He definitely registered for me. Yeah, he has a skill set that is similar to Marquise Goodwin. He is not the professional Marquise Goodwin is. But I'll tell you what, Marquise Goodwin is such a good dude that you can see him, even though he's not able to practice right now and the Browns are you know, hopeful that they're able to get him back mm-hmm. by you know, the start of the season. And as Andrew Barry said sometime in the next few several weeks, I think was the exact word he used, we'll have a, an idea of what the actual prognosis is for Marquise Goodwin. But there's a speed void there. We even heard it in a question to Kevin Stefanski in that pre-practice presser. Jalen Darden can fill that speed void. We saw it on that vertical route there. He caught a, a number of balls today in a variety of ways, whether it was crossers, whether it was some were hitches, where he sold the deep and then came back. He had a very nice day. He could be that guy. And so for him, I think when the pads come on in that Hall of Fame game to continue to produce like that will be critical, and then I think he's got a real shot. I think he has a great shot because all he needs to do is take what he's doing on the practice field, transfer that to Thursday night and beyond because that is truly going to be your opportunity. And these guys have – I hope they have an idea and a clue of how fortunate that they are that – Coach Stefanski and the rest of the coaching staff are going to feature these guys in this game. See it as a great opportunity because that's really what it is. And that's what preseason used to be about, featuring guys and giving them a chance to showcase what they have. And if he's doing this, and we're talking about Darton again, on the practice field and he finds himself making similar plays, he can definitely be a true, legitimate threat on our offense and play a part in that. You never know. Never count yourself out because you're at the bottom of the depth chart. I've seen guys who you thought had no chance and you know what of making a roster, and next thing you know they find themselves being a starter. Absolutely. All right, who who stood out to you on offense today other than Deshaun? It had to be Darden. Okay. I mean, every time he looked up, he was making a big play. Yeah. Baldwin yeah. had a real nice catch, but Darden certainly I felt – and give Hawkins some love too. He made a really nice catch as well, but Darden had more in yeah. my opinion, as far as the deep passes. And don't forget about Elijah Moore as well because he made a few passes also. At this point, well. it's almost like yeah. – it's almost silly saying, oh, Elijah Moore stood out today. Like He stands out, it feels yeah. like, every single day. His route against Denzel Ward was an incredible one, and then I love how Denzel came back on the very next play, got right, that PBU there. Right. Yeah, I thought Darden had a great day. Mike Harley Jr., I've talked about him a few times. He just seems to have a knack for getting open. And then somebody else that stood out to me, I'm curious to get your take on it, Dorian Thompson-Robinson uh-huh. finally got an opportunity to participate in the team drills. The young quarterback out of UCLA, the rookie, his first pass, the timing got disrupted, and the ball's a little late, almost got picked off. But after that, he settled in, and I thought he threw some nice balls, not only down the field, but in the red zone. He and his high school teammate Cedric Tillman hooked up for touchdowns on back-to-back plays in the red zone. Yeah, and the pass I believe he threw to Watkins yep. was very impressive. Coming across the field, deep pass. He shows you he has the ability to move on the yeah, ball and left. run. Yep. And boom, throws a dart. And that really got things in motion, in my opinion, for the offense for the rest of the day as far as being more competitive against the defense. So, yes, he had a nice day as well. Key part, though, is consistency. Yep. Especially as a young player. you got to stack them. Stack I those think, days. I thought for him, and he's a guy that I've gotten to know since we've drafted him. I've got to talk to him a few times. 
I think for him, you know, you've been waiting and waiting, right? You're sitting there, Kellen Mond's getting every mm-hmm. rep. You're not getting any of the reps. Literally none. No team reps before today. I think to show that composure and poise and be able to settle in and play at that level, was I thought that was big for him. And I can tell you his teammates like him. The coaches like him. He's an impressive young man. And what he has been doing, I've been paying attention to him too, Nathan, is he's doing mental reps. And yep. he's, say, for example, if Deshaun or Dobbs is under the center or even Mon, he'll have a center hike the ball to him, pretend like he's them behind, go through all the motions, go through the similar reads, and pretend like he's throwing a football, though he's not. But he's doing that like 10 to 20 yards behind the actual t- play of, or the line of scrimmage. So that just shows you. Do whatever you can to get those reps in. And when he stepped out on football today, he didn't skip a miss a beat. No, he certainly did not. All right, let's go over to the defensive side of the ball for you, Gerard. What did you see today from that side? Who stood out to you? I mentioned MJ with the interception. That was nice. And I'm going to give you the regulars. Denzel Ward has a play caught him, comes right back, and makes another play just to show, hey, I'm a competitor out here. And I'm going to go after practice, too, what I saw. Okay. I love when I see after practice – a guy working on his craft. Denzel Ward spent about 15 to 20 minutes Every day. It's wild. working on his craft. And that's so key. You don't become an all-pro, high-ranking individual in Madden by accident. Yep. You have to be intentional with it. And Lord knows he has a, the physical talent to do it. But it's also those little extra things that you like working on your pass, your bump and run, and how you're going to play that. Working on your releases from a cover two drop far as your reroutes and how you work on that. And I'm watching him do these things, and it's not just one day, Nathan. Every He's day. doing this daily. Yep. So he stood out. And then also, too, I was watching one-on-ones, and the linebackers making plays in one-on-ones versus the running backs. And Tony Fields stood out. He made some plays from a coverage standpoint. And Jordan Kanasik made some plays also in 7-on-7. So guys are out here making plays. So it's hard for us to say one person completely dominated. Sure. Because across the board, as far as the linebackers and the secondary is concerned, guys were making plays. And I'd like to see Denzel Ward, you know, one of the things we're always used to, him getting a PBU like he did down in the red zone, coming up with interceptions. But it's another thing to get kind of fired up to see him make a nice run fit out of the slot. Mm-hmm. That's not something that we've seen, and we saw that in the team drills today, which, again, goes back to me. It just it tells you how bought in he is and how bought in the rest of the guys on that defense are. Right. And the other thing, too, just as you look and observe things, when you see a Miles Garrett with the rest of the guys running gassers at, after practice is over on their own accord, not because they were told to, but doing it as a group, saying, okay, let's do some more things to get ourselves in better shape. And Miles leading the way with that. And Smith as well. Yep. Those things matter. Those things add up. And those are the type of things that you want to see take place with your different units and how guys, again, you're here to work and put in the work. You have to do that if you want to have some success playing football. It's a must. It's, 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 it is a given, but some people really do believe that you could just take, uh, I'll just kind of go through the motions. It can't be the case. So what I saw during practice, post-practice, was very encouraging. I want to ask you a question about something that I saw today. And, and one of the guys we know, you know, Coach Tarver is already, he sees some promise in him. Number 43, uh, Muhammad Diabate, mm-hmm. the linebacker. Getting opportunities. Got to play with the ones today because, remember, Jacob Phillips went in. Adams is out. Taki wasn't participating right. in team. Neither was Anthony Walker Jr. So he had some opportunities. There was a play where uh, it was with the second team. I believe it was Tristan Hill may have jumped off sides. And Diabate, and after that, the Browns got to run kind of a free play. Mm-hmm. 
Diabate is an undrafted free agent kind of called everybody together and told the defense line, you can't, we cannot be doing this. Like, you guys have got to lock in and stay on side. And I thought that was – That's huge. That was cool. What As a player, what would you say – this is his second practice, really. I mean, we called it his fifth practice, and I know there were things in the OTAs and minicamp, but second real practice of training camp to see an undrafted free agent feel comfortable enough to be able to talk like that to, in this case, a former second-round pick in Tristan Hill. Well – the fact that he had bass in his voice and the fact that he felt – and he was right about what he had to say. Ain't no coach going to say, God, you can't talk to them like that. He's right, and that's the type of organic, yep. natural leadership that you look for in players because you do need guys. Your best locker rooms are always ones in which players hold each other accountable. Yep. And you want to identify those guys, and hopefully they make plays and fill your locker room with those type of players because when you get those type of players – to say, hey, man, we're not settling for anything. We're not going to jump off sides. We're not going to beat ourselves. The game is to weigh the amount of ability to not make mistakes that we have is limited. It's a fine it's a fine line, and we cannot beat ourselves. And right. how many times have we seen in the past where that has been the case where you find yourself saying, oh, if we didn't make that mistake here, if we didn't make that mistake there, we didn't win this game. And it all starts right here because the same tendencies that you have here – will apply during the course of the season. So, yes, you want somebody being that vocal. And the fact that he did feel the liberty to do just that is, one, a testament to him. Like, hey, I don't give a damn if I was a free agent. We're out here to play ball and play at a high level. Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked what I saw from him there. All right, right now, as we head into the first day of pads, and I think the answer could might be neither, but would you say who's ahead, offense or defense? I'd say defense still. They are. I mean, offense made a – a nice comeback today, but you still gave up a pick six. You still had a situation where the defense was knocking balls down, and it wasn't totally dominated by the offense. So in my mind right now, the defense has the edge, and as we've said before, they're supposed to have the edge. It's the early in the camp, and at some point that will all change because, again, offense, there's so many more different intricacies to the parts and pieces sure. moving as opposed to defense and how, hey, hit the guy, run through the guy, knock the ball down. As opposed to this fit has to be right here. The timing right here has to be like that. And all those things are going to make it a successful offensive play. How is it as well approaching it from a defense standpoint? When you're out here, especially when the pads aren't on, you pretty much know they're passing. They sprinkle in a run here or there. But for the most part, well, it's, a, yeah, it's, exactly. it's, a, it's a passing exercise. Right. When the pads come on, we'll see more run plays. How does that change the mindset of a defense? Oh, well, one, now you have to be more on guard and more alert because, as you just said, that's a tipping of the hand. Okay, we're in a pass drill. I don't think I'm going to be running up toward the line of scrimmage. I'm yeah. getting myself mentally prepared for a pass. So, And mm-hmm. think about when we actually call a game. The whole point is to keep a defense off balance. Yes. It's kind of hard to keep a defense off balance when they know you're going to pass. And then or, and, and on the football field and during practice, run drill. Yes. <laughs> they announce it. So it's not like it's an element of surprise that can catch you off guard as a defensive player. Now, every now and then, the smart ones will sprinkle in a pass just to keep you off honest. Right. And that's part of the fun of it. And then they sprinkle in a play action. And right now they are obviously able to have some success in the play action, even though it is a pass drill. That means you have good fakes. And that's one of the things I know that you talked about. And, and I think that we've seen Now my question for you is with Deshaun, it does feel like there is an emphasis on his ball handling and really stressing those play actions every single time to make them look the same, much like the greats, Tom Brady that you played with and a guy you played against in Peyton Manning. Right. 
The greats always make it look the same. You don't want to have hearted fake. You want the real deal. You want a situation where the defense can never catch a break because they don't know exactly what you're doing. And yep. It sounds monotonous, but it's it matters. It really does. Doing those little things right, again, it adds up. It's not by accident when you have success, especially at the quarterback position. You have to study. You have to go through your technique and work on your art form from your from your cadence at the line of scrimmage yep. to how you do your run fakes and how you do your play-action pass and how you roll out. All those things matter, man. So to see Deshaun taking that seriously and to heart, of course that's going to have huge dividends for his game because he already has the physical attributes to get the job done. And I'll add one more thing about Deshaun that I saw today. Once again, post-practice, working on his drops, working on his technique as far as getting his hips turned and having that ability to throw into a football with power. Doing those extra things is going to make a world of a difference. And when you're like the one of the last guys to leave the football field, yep. it matters once again the message that you're sending. Yeah, when you're the highest-paid guy on the team, when you are the franchise and you're putting in work, there's absolutely no excuse for anybody else not to. And, and how many times have you heard me harp about the idea that the highest-paid guys need to be the hardest-working guys? Yep. You saw an example today where the highest-paid guys were the last guys on the football field. And yep. that's, that's a general manager and head coach's dream. It most certainly is, and that's what you wanted to see here. All right, so in our receiver room right now, we know Amara, we know Elijah, we know DPJ. We don't yet know the status of Marquise Goodwin. Based on what you've seen right now, who would you say has been the best receiver after the big three? Whoo, man. My man Baldwin has had – he had a really nice catch today too for Deshaun, yeah. right? And that talking about that window being pretty much slammed shut and found a way to get the, the ball in there, and he yep. caught that pass, and it looked seamless. He's I've, he's I've noticed him, but I must say Darden made a huge jump today. Yeah. I mean, he was just dominant. Let's go, just call it for what it's worth. In one-on-ones, he was dominant. Oh, yeah. In, in seven-on-seven, he was dominant. In team period in which they had, he was dominant. So I have to say right now, Darden. Yeah, he's got the tools. He's got the speed. It'll be interesting to see. I think Dalen Baldwin, to your point, has been very impressive. And I'll give Mike Hartley Jr. I think he's been impressive. And so has Cedric Tillman. Cedric Tillman has made caught touchdowns in the red zone drills both days. He's probably the and only person Darden, that can Baldwin, say that. Baldwin, Darwin. I bet, I bet I mean Baldwin, 16. 16's Darden. Baldwin's 87. Well, Baldwin's the bigger Okay, guy. I'm yes. going with 16. Yeah, yeah. Baldwin, Darden. yes, for sure. Darden, Darden yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Darden's been flying around. Tillman I like as well. Let's flip it around to the defensive side. So we know our top three corners. I think it's pretty cemented. A.J. Green is number four. Has anybody else stood out to you uh, at the cornerback position? Bo Pete. yeah. Great size. Made some plays. And I watched him today. Ball wasn't really thrown his way, so you can't do anything about that. But right. maybe that's a sign he's doing his job as well. So – that's really up in the air right there, Yeah, that fifth and sixth corner. Because yeah. I imagine they're going to keep six. I think Ford will probably be on there for his special teams props, but then I, I do think there truly is one spot completely mm-hmm. up for grabs yeah. there. Uh, in that safety room, Did have you noticed anything from the young guys? I think we know exactly what we're getting in Juan Thornhill, Delpit, and McLeod. But you got DeAnthony Bell. You got Ronnie Hickman from Ohio State. Uh, you got McAllister working back there. Bubba Bolden, guys competing to try to beat. Because I think that fourth safety spot is, is Wide open. up for grabs. Right. Yeah, DeAnthony Bell, the leader in the clubhouse. Right. Bell has not done anything wrong. He's done nothing but to help himself, and that's really what you want. A situation yep. where you're not making mistakes. McAllister has registered for me on a couple of drills in 707s, in which I, I took note of him. And I also just like the way he works. And I've been watching his backpedal and his breaks and his releases and things of that nature. So he looks smooth out there. But I can't really say none of those guys have 
separate themselves. Yeah, I'd agree. And look, they're going to get chances because that's a part of the defense that you want one of two things, right? Impact plays and then not to really mm-hmm. get noticed because typically if a safety is getting noticed on a negative light, it's because they blew a coverage, right. they, they took the cheese, came down on a dig and let a post get in behind them. You, want to, you don't want your name called much unless it's making plays. Exactly. So hopefully those guys will be able to do that. All right, speaking of that safety room, Juan Thornhill, one of the Browns' big free agent signings this year, comes to the team a multi-time Super Bowl champion. He's, he's right there with uh, Gerard. in fact, is a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. He now a member of the Cleveland Browns. Our exclusive interview with him right after today's practice is coming up next here on Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity, and it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. GameBridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Please visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Live at Brown's Training Camp, located at the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns. Time now for Juan Thornhill to join the show here from the Greenbrier. Juan, great to see you, man. How are you doing? How's this whole experience been for you here at the Greenbrier? I mean, it's been truly amazing, you know, just being able to come out here and have a great scenery, uh, finally get to practice with my teammates and get ready for the season. So I'm super excited about everything, and I'm having a lot of fun. Did you ever do anything like this with the Chiefs? Um, I wouldn't say that we – well, we went to a place called St. Joseph, Missouri. That's more like a real camp environment, you know, like you go off to a college, you yeah. stay in the dorm room, so it's like – you're really just like strictly football. I mean, yeah, you're strictly football here, but you have the chance to go back to a five-star resort and sleep in a nice bed, a nice room. So um, I can't complain about this at all. Yeah, so this experience been good. Yesterday you guys had that day off. What did you get to do there to kind of decompress a little bit, get your body right, get your mind right to come back out here and have another great day of practice? I mean, you know, when you get that off day, you try to take advantage of it. Uh, kick your feet up, just lay down in bed, stretch a little bit. And I also got a chance to go to dinner with my wife. So... That's always great. Um, yeah, that was great. Uh, so she drove down from Cleveland just to hang out with me. You know, when you go to camp sometimes, you start to miss the ones that you love. So. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, she drove down, and I had a lot, of, a lot of fun hanging out with her. All right, so talk to me about as somebody who's been on a Super Bowl team, you've been with the Chiefs, you've had to go into practice against great quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. Let's start on a team standpoint. You know what it takes to win a mm-hmm. Super Bowl. What do you see from the talent that you've seen so far? We're two days in. Pads come on tomorrow. We'll talk about that. But what have you seen just from the talent around you? How confident are you that this team does have what it takes? I haven't had the opportunity to tell my teammates this yet, but, I mean, I've been a part of three 
Super Bowls, you know, and those teams. You've only gone to the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. Yes, exactly. Yes. I haven't had anything less, and I don't, I don't plan on stopping. You know, I plan on keeping that, that streak going. But I haven't told my teammates yet, but I've been a part of three Super Bowls, and I feel like just looking like piece to piece and like all my teammates here, I feel like this is definitely one of the most talented football teams that I've been a part of. Like, if you really look at each individual position, sure. like we have dogs everywhere and it's unbelievable and i'm just super excited to get out there and and so they can see it like i don't know if they believe it or not but i do like they got they got they got it this is music to all of our ears oh, obviously yeah. Juan. it is now you've had the privilege and probably it's sometimes the frustration of going against patrick mahomes every day in practice and now you get deshaun watson what have you seen from deshaun as a guy that's going to keep you defensively right on your toes and get you prepared for sundays i mean you know everybody talk about pat pat is pat like they know that he's a heck of a quarterback then me getting here playing against deshaun is just like i see the same exact thing like him uh, Deshaun and, and Pat is pretty much the same. And I didn't know that Deshaun had this in his game, but he hit us with a couple of no-look passes. And it's, I mean, he shocked me with that. So he's definitely adding a lot to his game. And he has all the physical traits to, to be that great quarterback. And I believe in him. And I think he's going to show all of the dog pound what he's about. All right, so we've had really two practices. Mm -hmm. Tuesday, day off, and then today. Tuesday, it felt like you guys had a very nice day defensively, especially down there in the red zone. What was kind of the tone in the meetings afterwards as you kind of watched that film? I mean, it feels good when you're making plays, you know. Um, one thing we, we take pride in is the red zone. I mean, I know if you make plays in the field, that's great, but once you get down there to the red zone, that's an opportunity to take away points, yep. and that's what we take pride in. They get down there in that red zone, we don't want them to step in there at all. Like, if you can stop them to three, that's a win. Yeah. Like, that's a big time that's four win. Points. That's yeah. a four point win. That's huge. So, we take pride in that, and we don't want them to get in the end zone. So, that's what we're going to continue to do. It feels like this group, it's your first year here, but I've obviously seen our defense and a lot of the guys that have been here have been here for a few years. It feels like under Jim Schwartz, we're seeing a lot more personality, a lot more fire, a lot more talking. Mm -hmm. is, are you guys kind of emulating your defensive coordinator there? Or is he kind of giving you the freedom? Like, just go out there, be yourselves, and make plays? See, one thing he started off day one talking about was. One thing we're going to lead this league in is swag. You know, if you got swag, you're going you're gonna to play well. So, yep. I mean, it shows every single day. Like, if, even if somebody's down, you, are, you have your guy next to you that's going to lift you up, and he's going to show some swag. So, if you got it, I mean, you're just going to continue to bring that every single day. Yeah, I like that. Your face lit up at that one because <laughs> that's got to be fun, right? This oh, is yeah. very much a job. This is very serious business. You know the stakes. You've been at the very highest level this sport has to offer. But it is fun as well, and it's fun to play well. Mm -hmm. Now, in Kansas City, you and I were talking earlier. You said, yeah, we had a lot of back and forth. So Tuesday, defense really had a strong day. Today in the field portion, though, Deshaun came back mm -hmm. and he was on. And then when we got back to the red zone, you guys clamped up MJ Emerson getting a nice interception there as well. But do you kind of like that back and forth? And how does that help you guys progress and develop getting that good work and knowing that we're not just out here dominating every day. Both sides are having to go a little give and take. I mean, you don't want just one side of the ball winning each That's and every day. Win. You don't you don't no. want that. That means you, you're strong on one side of the ball and you need work on the other. And when you have guys coming out here competing every day, offense winning one day, defense winning another, meaning that means both sides of the ball is pretty solid. Like you said, Deshaun was, I'm going to be honest, he was kind of lighting us up out there in the field today. But the good thing is my defense held up. We, Like I said, we took pride in that, in that red zone and we stepped up and made a lot of plays down there. After MJ gets that pick, it's a full-on sprint oh, out yeah. of here. Is that that's one of the, that's a celebration? I like that. You guys yeah. get fired up. Finish every play. I kept hearing that today. Finish every play. Finish every play. Get up and score. Yeah, when you get that ball in your hand, I mean, the goal is to score. You don't want to just catch an interception and just fall down. You know, he fell down and got up and still ran the other way. Didn't nobody touch him. So 
if you could put up points on defense and help the offense, yeah. that's going to be amazing. So I'm excited about that. And I think we're going to get a lot of turnovers and touchdowns this year. Today, one-on-ones. I don't know about from a player standpoint, but from a fan standpoint, I love watching one-on-ones oh, yeah. in training camp. And it's really the only time we get to see it. I think there'll be a great Pro Bowl game when the, everybody gets to the Pro Bowl where they do Pro Bowl one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. I'd pay to watch that. But do you like doing those one-on-ones? And, and was that fun to kind of get that for the first time here today? I mean, it's mano y mano, you know. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it's going to show. It's just going to show all your technique is the, is the receiver tight end versus the DBs, you know. So you don't have any help. But they say it's a it's – a, it's a receiver's drill. I mean, the quarterback. No There's yeah, the no quarter, doubt. They know where yeah, they're going. they know it. So the quarterback has all day to throw the football. The receivers know exactly where you're going, where they're going, and you don't have any help. So it's just going to make us better, you know, competing against those guys with no help, just winning your leverage. I mean, if they catch the ball across the middle, you know you're outside leverage and you're tight. I mean, That's a good ain't, ain't, no yep. big, ain't no big deal because you know you got yep. linebackers in there to help. But um, I feel like, like you said, I feel like they need to add those one-on-ones to that, to that Pro Bowl. It you would know, be fun. That I just show who really belong in that Pro Bowl game, you know. And, and the good news for the defensive guys is, like, like you said, it is an offensive drill. It is slanted yeah. in their favor. But then when you do make a play, that's a license to, to let them know. That means you did a perfect <laughs> – you had perfect coverage. Your footwork was perfect, everything. If you knocked the ball down, then – you win, obviously. You got it. Yep. All right, pads coming on tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? It means everything because, you know, some guys, they can practice very well without the pads on, but when those pads come on, guys, some guys fold up, and it's just it shows who they are as a player. I mean, so it's going to show – it's really going to show tomorrow, like when those pads come on because guys get scared sometimes. Some guys play a lot better when those pads come sure. on. So um, I'm excited for it. I know you are. Let's take us into that safety room. You know, this is your first year here. Grant's been here for a while. Rodney McLeod, his first year as well. How's that communication going? Because we know that's so key on the back end, right? That communication you guys see in the field through the same set of eyes. How has that been with Grant and with Rodney so far? I mean, it's been great. Rodney, he's been a part of this scheme before. He played with Coach Schwartz uh, many years ago. So um, he knows what he's doing. He's bringing all the the key details to us. Like, he's helping me and Coach E learn and Grant as well. Um, but Grant, he's doing a heck of a job as well. Like, we're learning together. You're going to have some learning curves, but uh, I think they're doing a heck of a job, like, communicating. And Coach Schwartz, he said that we have to be, like, the nerve center of the defense. Like, we have to keep everyone calm, you know. Some people get worked up, but we have to be – those guys that's going to communicate and, and calm everybody down. You feel like you got a playmaking group back there, like you guys are going to get your hands on the ball quite a bit this year? No question. Like, don't be shocked when you see a lot of interceptions coming our way. Good. We all want yeah, that. So, shocked. all right, two more days here in pads, Friday, Saturday, then a little walkthrough and we head back. Then you get to have your first training camp in front of the dog pound on Tuesday. I know you guys have had a great time here. There's been great bonding, good work. Mm-hmm. How excited are you, though, to get back to Bria, get in front of the Browns fans for the first time and really kind of get this and go? Because, by the way, probably not for you, but there's a game one week from today. I know. I'm super excited to get back, you know. I mean, I heard a lot about the dog pound. I haven't really been able to experience it too much. I had, I was at a, a Greg's softball game. You know, they had yeah. a, a couple fans out there, and, I mean, they seemed pretty pumped up. So. Uh, it makes me super excited to get back and practice in front of them. Hope they bring a lot of energy. That's one thing that I thrive off of. When they make a lot of noise at practice, we're going to make a lot of plays, and we like to have fun out there. So I'm excited to play in front of them. Juan, thanks so much for your time. We'll be back with more Cleveland Browns Daily right here on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Live at Brown's Training Camp, located at the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
All right, welcome back into our number two of Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns coming soon to Ohio. Nathan's girl along with Gerard Cherry. All right, Gerard, let's just start with it right there. Juan Thornhill, this is a guy who has seen it at the highest level, most certainly in recent times. He's, he said, I've only gone to the AFC Championship game or Super Bowls. He's won Super Bowls. What did you make of kind of his comments about this roster, about our quarterback, Deshaun Watson? Loved everything about it and what it represents because when you have actually – been in that environment, you know what it's required of you, you paid the price, you've done the things necessary as an individual, and you've seen it as a collective on how to make it to the Super Bowl or how to make it to an AFC championship, and you've actually know what it takes and seen in the process of winning a Super Bowl, and you can then come out here on this football field, observe your teammates, observe the environment, observe the talent. You know real and you know talent when you see it. So you take that to heart what he had to say. And I think it didn't come off to me like he was just trying to say good teammate things for the sake of saying it. I felt he was sincere in it. Now, obviously, talent is not enough. Guys going to have to keep putting in the work. I can't say that enough. Talent is not going to just get you there. I've seen guys that are talented get beat by less talented teams because they want it more. So it really comes down to that next step, which is the hunger. Yep. Do you have that hunger? Do you have that grit, that grind? Do you have, once you do start experiencing success, Guys in the locker room are going to hold each other accountable to tell you, hey, we can't take our foot off the gas. we got to keep pressing. we got to keep moving. There's no time to slow down. And it all starts here. For what he had to say about Deshaun's skill set, we watched it. We oh, witnessed yeah. it. And so many people are like, well, is he going to be able to re- return to form? Yes, he's going to be able to return to form. We see it right now. Yes. I mean, yeah. the Deshaun Watson that you're watching on the football field right now is leaps and bounds better than one that took the field week 12 no doubt it's so evident yes so that right there you're in a better spot with your quarterback situation and then going back to what Juan had to say about the team itself you do have dogs at every position and you have guys who are hungry at every position you need those type of things and what I'm starting to see more so than anything is the fact that guys are enjoying each other's company yes and going out there to do something with a purpose that's the next step. There's so many different building blocks into it, but Juan has been there. He's done it. He's seen it. So what he has to say when he does speak to it, it's going to carry weight because he knows what it actually looks like and feels like. Yes, he's got – so now you got him. you got Jim Schwartz. you got Rodney McLeod. you got people who have been to the mountaintop in this league and now all here a part of the Cleveland Browns. And obviously Zadarius Smith was on – they didn't win a Super Bowl. was on a bunch of very, very good Green Bay Packers teams, and it was with the Ravens prior to that. So, yes, I think I like that part of it. Now, my question for you is, did Bill Belichick – would he did he even know what swaggy means? <laughs> he wasn't about no swag. So it he wasn't – you were in yeah. meetings where he's telling you to be the swaggiest? No, that would be the last thing on earth he'd tell you. He'd tell you be the smart, play smart, fast, and tough football was what he'd tell you. So it wasn't about swag, but there's something to be said about swag. And because ultimately we did have it. Of course you It's guys, just that yes. that wasn't what he was expressing. But, yeah, you want to have – you want to have swag, and you want to back it up. And, and in this day and age of football, yeah, I want guys to be have bravado and boast about what they're going to do and then go out there and back it up. Nothing wrong with that. That makes the game more entertaining. That forces you to back up what you have to say and not go out there and get victimized. But, hey, I'm about to go out here and back up what I'm talking about and let this team know that I'm going to come out here and you step on this football field, be prepared to get embarrassed. Nothing wrong with that. So, yes, have swag because guess what we've been missing? We've been missing swag. And I also think when you have, like, a little bit of swag or confidence to yourself, if it is genuine – 
and you truly believe in your ability to back it up, and I think we have plenty of guys on this team that certainly feel that way. You don't shy away from the big moments. No, you're you embrace not, them. You're not out there as a DB saying, "I hope they throw it. I hope they don't. I hope they don't throw it at my guy. I hope they throw it the other way." You say, "Bring it here." And yeah, I you think do that's exactly how you like can make. You want it. You want it, right? Deshaun Watson wants the ball. Everybody on our team wants the ball, wants it coming their way, and I think that's how you get to be pretty good. Uh, you can be a part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL by joining the Browns season ticket member waitlist today to get the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050. That's 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. We go around the NFL. Gerard, a lot of money was handed out yesterday. We had a day off. People handing out money did not have a day off. Justin Herbert, five-year extension from the Chargers worth $262 million. My question to you is, what does this mean for the quarterback market? And, and more importantly, I think from a Brown standpoint, for Joe Burrow. Yeah, well, Joe has a, a, a benchmark where he can start from. That's for sure. Now the question is, is Joe going to do things necessary to keep T. Higgins in place and to be able to compensate Jamar Chase the following season? So that's going to be on the mindset of Joe or how he's going to control and handle that based upon what he takes. And if he's going to try to keep T. Higgins in place, he's going to have to look at least, what, $30, $40 million discount? Because that money has to go to Higgins. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, think they're in a, I think it's going to be very difficult. Damn. Could they do it? Of course they can. They would cause a, they'd have to sacrifice something else. But I think when you have really the th- three guys at quarterback, two wide receivers, it's hard to pay them all. Yeah. I almost think that you have to – everybody's got to sign for a shorter deal. Like oh, a three-year deal. Right. Like, and they can do it, but it would take, I think, all of them on some level taking a little bit of a discount. And if T. Higgins really believes he's the number one receiver – He ain't taking no discount. You're not taking a discount, and you only have so long to play this right. game. Quarterbacks have a lot more longevity. Yes, receivers can. But when you have an opportunity in the National Football League, and I would say it's to any player – I. Hometown discounts, they sound great. You've got to – this is a business. And and the teams, and you know it around the league, they will move on from you as soon as they think they can replace you. I think the players have to get maximize their value when they can. Now, a quarterback, can, a quarterback is the one where they can say, because of the nature of the National Football League, because of the nature of their position, they could say, I'm going to give up a little bit in salary here because and to allow myself, to, our team, to get another piece – or so, because I know I can make that up in endorsements. Right. I can make that up elsewhere. Right. And pr- there are some receivers that are probably capable of doing that too. Right. But unless you're a quarterback, you do not want to make a habit of you know shrinking the the pie that you have an opportunity to get. Right. Because if you're about legacy and you're a quarterback, and it's not just about the money, you're gonna make moves like Brady did, as far as taking less and saying that hey. I can build a better football team. And in the process of building a better football team, my value and my legacy and all those things intertwined with it will increase in greater value. And Burrow is in that spot because when you think about it, he's already in a, he's, he's on, he's on a Hall of Fame career path. Yep. In the three years that he's been in the league going on four now, look what he's done. Yep. So if he actually adds a Super Bowl in the next year or two, then he's really submitted himself far as being on that track. But I would also caution him with this. And he has to know this, and I know he knows this because his dad was a defensive coordinator and a great family, Burrow family. You're in a position as a quarterback where you're dependent upon everybody doing their job. Yep. You never do it alone. I know we talk 
ad nauseum about the quarterback position and how important they are. But they never do it alone. They need no. help. They need assistance. So if it breaks down one place because you took the lion's share of the money, is that going to impact your offensive line? Okay, and say it doesn't. Say they still protect you. Oh, all of a sudden we're short on defense and we never get the ball back. You know what I mean? It's hard to construct a roster <laughs> yeah, in the National so Football League, and that's why you got to have a challenge. You got to draft your butt off, and you got to have succession planning in place mm-hmm. that where you can use guys on rookie deals to fill in for maybe more expensive veterans over the course of a couple of years. And I feel like the Bengals at one point did that under Marvin Lewis. What, what was it? They only had like they never re-signed any of their own guys. Correct. Like, but everybody were were players like they had drafted. Yeah, they did and, a good job with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. Their problem was their issue was discipline. Yeah. Yeah. That was their issue. Yeah, it certainly was. Uh, Andrew Thomas got extended by the Giants, a record setting deal for the young left tackle, $117.5 million over five years, $67 million guaranteed. Yeah, he was like a top four tackle in the league last year. Think about that. That is so problematic. That's right on the heels of you telling Saquon Barkley he's only worth $11 million. That. I don't make – I mean, it's very bold of the Giants to do that. I don't make that move because right now in that atmosphere in that locker room, it's all about money. It's not about a team. It's about money. The conversation that's permeating on those guys' minds right now is about money. They totally mismanage and handle this. You don't – your best player, you don't – and we understand the whole running back dynamic and sure. that it's lost its value. But on the heels of that discussion, you do not break break the bank to pay someone else, even though it is a left tackle. It's, it's just a tackle. bad move because, again, you you insulted Barkley, and now other guys are like, man, because I'm, t- I'm feeling, as a former player, I tell you, that's what I'm thinking. And now have you made the conversation, how about going out there and win? So when Brian Dabo stands up there in front of the team, we got to go out there as a family. We got to go out there and get the job done. What do you think guys are thinking about? That's fine. Am I getting paid? Am I getting compensated accordingly? And that's always potentially a part of the conversation. What you don't want to have take place is that be on the forefront of guys' minds because it's always somewhere in the background. But when you handle it the way that they handle it, it becomes the forefront conversation and probably what guys are talking about during breaks and during the – at night when they're going back to their dorm rooms or wherever how they handle their – I think they stay stay in East Rutherford, so they're going probably back to their homes – but it's a bad, in my opinion, a bad way of doing it. The Giants would probably say we had an opportunity to lock in our quarterback and our left tackle and have them together protecting the blind side, and this is what we wanted to do. Yeah. And the reality, unfortunate reality is, and I think that people around the league see it, was the deal is with a running back. And for Saquon Barkley to still be making, what, $10, $11 million, while it doesn't seem like a lot relative to some other positions, He's getting compensated very well for a running he's, back. He's one of the top five paid running backs in the NFL. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a different thing. So they've locked in. But if what I was taking away from this is he was picked six picks before Jedrick Wills. He was fourth overall in that draft. Jed Wills was 10. The Browns are nowhere near even contemplating handing a contract like that to Jedrick Wills at this time. And I think hopefully for him, you're going to find out. Because what's what motivates him? Does anything motivate him? to truly capitalize on all of his gifts and and maybe seeing something like that because if he does want to get paid a lot of money, if Jed Wills comes out and balls this year and is one of the most dominant left tackles in the NFL, he will get paid. Well, he can't ask for a better situation. No. The fact that you get to practice against Miles Garrett on a daily basis, thank you. Ian Zedarius, and you're next <laughs> right. to Joel Batonio, who could be going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, it is a good situation, yeah. but I think you know the question really becomes, you know, he's got to see that. That's his rookie class. 
if he was the best tackle coming out of that class and one of the best tackles in the league, that's maybe him signing that contract. So hopefully that's something that will will get Jedrick Wills' attention and, and we can hopefully get the best out of him this season. Trevon Diggs, the corner from the Cowboys, $97 million on five-year deal from Dallas. No surprise there. He's been you know a ball hawk. A couple of years ago, led the league in interceptions. Very good player. At a, again, <laughs> at, a, at, a, feast at a premium position. Yes, he is a gambler. He will get beat. Last year was not as good as two years ago, but the Cowboys obviously like what they've seen from him and, and like, again, again at a premium position there at the cornerback spot. Uh, one thing that we didn't get to yesterday, obviously, with being off, Aaron Rodgers yep. taking a major pay cut on his new deal. Um, it, uh, uh, According to Pels, actually, this was according to Schefter, Aaron Rodgers voluntarily took a $35 million pay cut on his two-year deal. This will allow the Jets to acquire more talent than they would have under the contract they assumed from Green Bay in April. And uh, Dalvin Cook visited the building today, too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. $35 million pay cut. So Albert Breer went through it and said a couple of a couple of things. He said, I want to take a look at the, the filed contract. It is what it's said to be, a real pay cut. $35 million to sign, $1.839 base million for 23, $38.16 million in 2024, fully guaranteed, no trade, no tag provisions. The team will also have the option in 2024 to convert $35 million of the bonus of, of the $38 million into a bonus, which then would prorate over four additional dummy years on the contract and drop his base salary to $3 million for that season. The one benefit here for Rodgers, and that is beyond the no-tag, no-trade clauses, the $49 million he was set to earn for 2024 on the old deal was guaranteed for injury only. It vests and become fully guaranteed next February, so his full guaranteed number, actual guarantees, goes up by about $15.5 million. I mean, he was getting as long as he wanted to play football. He was going to get that other money anyway. So being a good teammate, he's, <laughs> I, he wants. Apparently, he wants to win. He wants to win. I'm one, sure. Huh? I'm sure in Green Bay, they're saying, "Why didn't you want to do this for us?" You know, the last couple of years, maybe we keep Devontae Adams, but here he is, and, and he's going for it. So that is a quarterback who's made a lot of money. Who at this point, his concern for his final couple of years in the National Football League is much more about legacy mm-hmm. than it is about money. He's he's made plenty of money, and he probably knows if I win a Super Bowl in New York, I'll have opportunities to make plenty of money. <laughs> They'll give him the Mark Messier experience with the Rangers. Yes. <laughs> you no. can't do no wrong. Exactly right. You are exactly right about that. All the, right. The other thing that I wanted to bring up was this whole Sean Payton nuking is the former coach. Yeah, Nathaniel Hackey said it. Basically, everything that they did last year, we're going to do the opposite of this yeah, year. Yeah, that makes sense. Robert Sala fighting. Makes it bad. It was one of the most incompetent coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. And Robert Sala fought back and said, you know, we don't even play them till week five. I don't know why he's they're worried about us. There are a lot of crows pecking at our necks and they said he's not gonna he's not gonna comment on it. <laughs> he was right though. I mean, I mean He was I, right. He was right. I mean what Hackett did was embarrassing. Let's I just know, be real. I think Urban Meyer is probably a little bit offended by that that he said Hackett did the worst coaching yeah, job right. ever. That's a great point. <laughs> Urban Meyer's beer. probably like, hold my big wait a second. <laughs> yeah, wait, hey. You see man. what I did? I didn't even fly home with, with the my team. team. You know what? I want to be in Columbus. Yeah. I was at a bar. Oh, my gosh. I can't get Could it. Could you imagine that? No. Like, what would it have been – like, if if you guys were flying home from a Patriots game and Bill Belichick was like, yeah, I'm not going to fly home with you guys, and then he was partying at a college bar. We'd have had him committed. Because <laughs> <laughs> that just that just would be totally beyond out of character. Yes. Uh, and, and you're probably saying, what's the big deal about flying home? Football is mock military. And – 
your head coach is your captain. He's your general. He's your admiral. And he is supposed to be with his troops, if you will, 24-7. And yep. when you go back home in defeat or in victory, he's supposed to be on that plane with you flying or at least – well, in this case, they flew there to the, it was a visiting. They were the visiting team. He's supposed to be there. That's just a protocol for how you operate. Yep. And it sends a message that hey, I'm not a part of you guys when you make a move like that. And the whole thing is there's levels to great football teams, and the biggest thing that you have to accomplish is having guys feel that they're part of something. Yes. And when you make a move like that, you essentially say no, I'm not. I'm Urban Meyer. I'm me. You guys are the losers over there. I'm separate from this. Since I'm going somewhere where I felt success before, to Columbus of all places, and you guys can have at it. That's just like the the level of absurdity with it is just insane that a winning football coach who has as much success as he has had would and should know better. Oh, I think it's a little bit different because in college you're the czar. You're the, you are the entire program in college. It, it, from that standpoint, yeah, you can pull a guy's scholarship and kick him to the rocks. Absolutely. You can, yeah, obviously cut a guy if you have the power and that relationship with the GM to do something similar. But obviously when you have money on the lines, you can't make moves like that. But he had a young, impressionable team, yes. Nate Dogg. And it's like – so it was almost like he had a college thing going for himself. But, again, the one thing about football that will expose – it will expose your true intentions on why you're doing what you're doing. It will always do that. Yeah, you remember on Hard Knocks when you went up to the other coach, like, man, this is just like all football all the time. The guy's like, yeah, it's the NFL. That's exactly what it is. It'll expose your intentions, man. Yes, Yes, indeed. It will. Well, Gerard, our intention is to do this again tomorrow. Heard that. The next level will be coming up at 3. He'll be on there with Emmett, so that'll be fun. And then uh, when we come back, give a – we're getting into the mailbag. Oh, it's a mailbag. Mailbag Thursday. It's a mailbag Thursday. Thursday. Live from the Greenbrier, listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Live at Browns Training Camp, located at the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily, live from the Greenbrier in West Virginia. Nathan Zagura and Jason Gibbs. It's time now for our Mailbag segment and Mailbag Thursday presented by Cross Country Mortgage, the official mortgage partner of the Cleveland Browns. When it comes to financing, we always get you home. Visit ccm.com today. Equal housing opportunity, MLS 3029. All right, we got a little traveling music, Gibbe. Hey, uh I got to get one from Bobby right off the bat. Bobby! Literally the first one I see, are you ready to leave West Virginia yet? West Virginia's been great. I'm on day seven. You're on day six. And we have miles to go before we sleep here, buddy. If the the glorious Miss Kay was not on her way here right now, (laughs) I would, yes. Yes. I mean, I think, look, it's been wonderful. It has been. It's been a wonderful experience. Uh, it's great. It's a long. It's always a long time to be away it, from home. It's, and it's not about us. It's not about us. No, it's not about us. You know, it, it's, it's about them. Yeah, and so far from everything I've seen, there was a mean or there was a there was a Uno game being played yesterday in the lunchroom when I went in for lunch. Oh man, who was who was getting uh, the no best names. of that? No names. No names. No names, huh? But there was uh, it was a pretty intense it was game. He- like, it was heated. Everybody was doing stuff. I think one of the either the O line or the D line went to a movie. Like the, there was a lot. Everybody did something. Yeah, like, there's a lot of people. There, there's golf. been a lot of bonding. 
Yes. Which I, which has been really really good, I think, for this football team. We've bonded. We're not, and I, I don't. We're Boy, not even sick of each other. I think we not. like each other more. Yeah. You might even be nice to me now. Well, let's not get carried away. I was gonna say. Uh, I broke. Yeah. 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 You and I won our match yesterday. We did. That's we right. did. We did. That's I was right. trying to think. Yellowstone. Yellowstone's into me for a little bit of cash. I, I don't know if I've seen Yellowstone play that bad. Really? Yeah. Like he's a, That was my first experience. A, nope. He is a uh, he is a much better golfer. He did make us one solid par. You made a solid par that was a big one in our match. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a couple shots here and there, like with uh, with Yellowstone and I against you and Poizel at the end. I came down to I, the last I, hole. I had a couple par or a couple bogeys to kind of save the you day. You smash my pars. You sure did. Yeah, on 16 and 17, which were both – like 430, 440 yard par fours that were tough. Yeah. 18, though, Gibb, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, tell them, we'll tell them the story of 18. Yeah, we just went sideways. I'm pretty sure my body was like, yeah, you need to be done. It was the biggest shot of your life, and you're like, well, this pond looks good. Yeah, it does. Right to the right. <laughs> Splashdown, baby. <laughs> Meanwhile, Drew's tin cupping it next to me. I've noticed at that point he has now taken five shots oh, yeah. at the green he had balls going and has everywhere. put them all in the drink. Yeah, And I'm like, well, he's maxed out. I don't know what that means for me here. but uh, man, man, you needed to hit that one on the green, <laughs> and then you, and then when you did, hit it in the water. And it's funny. I was telling it to stay short. I was trying to hope it hit a tree and stayed on land, and everybody's like, stay short. Well, I said I knew it wasn't flying the lake. <laughs> I forgot like, about that. It wasn't going to fly. It had no chance of flying the lake. The only chance it had to be dry was to somehow not make it to the lake. Oh, my God. But it was a good time. Uh, Robert Pace. Serious question about the on-off light. Why does Nathan have to tap his mic, but Bo never does? Great question, Robert. Let me offer my is answer. Is his always on? Enlighten me. It is on, Robert. No, let me offer it. Let me give an answer. Here comes excuse time. No, no, no. Let me give an answer, and then you can you Affair? can, you can go ahead and, and smite me down. Yep. My mic is not often turned. I don't know where that came from, but my – oh, maybe out of there. My mic what? is not potted up when we often when we return from break. And the guy, he'll say, you guys ready? Bo will answer yes. So Bo knows his mic's on because he can hit it in his ear. My mic may be on, clicked on, but maybe, I'm not maybe potted you up. Say yes, but I'm not potted up usually. So then the first time I talk, a lot of times I'm not up, and then it's like, oh, the only way I know I am up and on is when I pat it. Because sometimes I've talked and I have been on, so then I click it, and then you go, oops, it was actually on on the board, not on on the board, but my mic was on. But a lot of times, you're, the reason you are not up is. When when the when the because we're engineer in says <clears throat> thirty seconds, you should wrap up your conversation. Okay, so, and you roll so, right through that stop. Sign. You know what I'm going to take from 10 this? Ten seconds, five seconds. Music's playing. Zagura's still having a conversation. All right. So at this point, it's safer to leave you down because I don't want you to say something and get in trouble. So what I just took from that is that. The point I made in your mind is valid. You're saying that Kate, the reason that that is the case, though, is is my fault. So you were you were you right there instead of you you bait you agreed with what I just said, but also then turned it into another attack on me. Well, no, because you 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 did this whole little thing, and there, that that's the reason why we don't turn you up until you're on. Yeah, right. 
So sometimes that creates confusion because I could well, be clicked but on, but I'm if down. If you're staying quiet yeah. and ready, you say yes. He says yes. Everybody's I'd correct. say yes. I'm ready to do that. I think you need to do that because that will it. alleviate. I'm ready to, or an on-air light like any normal radio studio that was designed by anybody yeah. other than you would have. I mean, that's I mean, you designed it. This was your. Yeah. You had every specification exactly the way you wanted it, and this is the result. <clears throat> we move forward <laughs> on Mailbag Thursday at Browns underscore Daily. Love a dog today. Have you noticed a difference tangible with the veteran presence of this year's free agents like Thornhill, McLeod? Uh, and Dalvin Tomlinson seems like these guys bring the right balance of leadership and talent. I've noticed it. I would say yes. I just I feel like the whole team's sense of their purpose and their talent is is different, and what their what the goals are. So I think a guy like Juan Thornhill can talk to his teammates about what it takes. Rodney McLeod knows this defense. You're seeing Dalvin Tomlinson talk to us about, you know, putting in that extra work in the interview that you played yesterday, Gibbe. You've got Zadarius, you know, working out after practice, leading sprints. So, yeah, I do think that there is a tangible difference there. Again, this team is not going to be judged by tangible differences or good feels or anything that happens here at the Greenbrier. This team is going to be judged by does it win when it matters, beginning against the Cincinnati Bengals week one. But there are signs of the professionalism of this team that that is trending certainly in the right direction. I would I would tend to agree with you. Uh, T-Mag, sounds like trying camp on the road has been – he had a blank. They left the word there. Yeah. yeah. It's been good, I I'm think guessing. it's been yeah. fine. Uh, do you think they would do this years to come? I think if we win, you're probably running it back somewhere. Maybe here, maybe elsewhere. I think that if this goes well, and yes, we get out to a fast start, and I don't know that it would be attributed to this anyway because we'll be back for so long after. Uh, That's curious, and that's one thing that they have not really commented on one way or the other because we won't have the extra week going forward. And I'm sure that we we would rather do a joint practice with someone than and that could be on the road for a week, like we're going to Philly for five days. Or I wonder if the Browns, because some other teams reported for training camp when we did, even though they're not playing. So I wonder if there's a, it feels like some of the teams that completely cut out the mandatory mini camp and canceled that last week were able to like come back a week earlier. So I wonder if that would be a thing that they would be willing to do is take a week out of the Let's early portion. Let's not do that. Let's not. Do, no, you don't want to come back. I don't need to come back early. Unless someone else goes into the, becomes a Hoff. We don't need to come back but early. But then how did those other teams all report when we did? There were other teams that reported that same week. There were eight week. teams that reported. Yeah, there are other teams in training camp this week. Yeah. That are not in the Hall of Fame game. I don't have an answer for you. So First-year coaches? No, because De- I know Detroit is having oh, yeah. is in camp. I don't, I don't know. The Jets are in camp. We, we play the Jets. Yeah, the Dolphins are in camp. Oh, the Dolphins are in camp. We don't play the Dolphins. You're right, we do. Garrett Wilson limped off today. Hope he's okay. Yikes. Jalen Ramsey was We're not going to see him next okay. Thursday anyways. No. No. If you're expecting. Put him in bubble wrap. Hopefully knock on wood that everybody can stay healthy, but you're not seeing Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers until December. Yep. At Cleveland Brown Stadium. Mark Zustin, what base defense will the Browns rely on? What young linebackers do you expect to take a leap this year and why? I would expect our base defense to be nickel, which would be four defensive linemen, two linebackers, three corners, two safeties. I think that'd be our base, even though when teams refer to base defense, that is typically four down linemen and three linebackers. But I think our our quote-unquote 
normal defense, our highest utilized personnel grouping will be the nickel. And then young linebackers. I mean, we'll see what Diabati can do when the pads come on. Kunashik's still a young guy relatively, but the guy that's got to take a big leap is Jeremiah Wusukormoa. That's the guy that has a chance to be a star for you. That's who's yep. got to take the leak. The leap. Jacob Phillips, close second. And hopefully he's okay. We saw him walk off uh, earlier today. Uh, Browns therapy with a question. What undrafted free agents have been flashing or standing out in camp so far? Wow. Uh, on offense, and they're not rookies this year, but still undrafted free agents would be Mike Harley Jr., Dalen Baldwin, uh, Tyrone Wheatley Jr., the tackle, has taken a nice step from last year to this year. Uh, and then defensively, Diabate has looked good. And then we just haven't really seen enough of the safeties. Uh, I, Gerard is my expert on that aspect of playing defense, and he hasn't seen enough yet to have anybody really stand out. So then neither have I. There we go. A uh, little Bobby time. Bobby. Oh, Bobby. What TV show would you want to be in? Wow. That's a good question. What TV show? Can't believe what I like to be in. This is not a number one win for you already. It just depends, and I get to be whoever I want in the TV show. I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Why am I blanking on the name of the show? Hold on one second. Um, I thought of Game of Thrones if I had. Uh, Billions could be a good one. Gerard shouting that out. Mad Men. I'd like to be a madman. All right. Yeah. Greasy? What's that, Greasy? Yeah. Running an ad agency in the, in the... I have. It feels like they're living their best lives. Uh, Bobby. We got to ask... Remember that question? We got to ask Bo that tomorrow. Okay. I'm, I would be shocked if he doesn't have the same answer. Uh, strangest song you have on your workout playlist? On my workout playlist? Yeah. Um, I don't know that any of them are that strange. It's a lot of like WWE theme songs. It's a lot of that kind of like rock around that. Some good rap. I don't know if on my play. I mean, a lot of Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson gets me fired up in the gym. I don't know if there's anything that strange. Maybe yeah. Hurt by Johnny Cash, because it's not really a, a workout vibe, but. It was used by the WWE in one of their like promo packages that I really liked, so I have it on there. What are you looking forward most to during Hall of Fame week? Being back in my own bed. <laughs> and then anything with the Hoff. Oh. All the time we get to hang with the Hoff, anytime we get to see him. And I'm excited for the first game. You know, and, and getting back in the booth with, with Jim Donovan and having Gerard down on the sideline. Next Thursday, buddy. One yeah. week from today. Absolutely. Can't wait. Uh, two places you want to go before you die. Ooh, good question. That's a good one. Um, we got Italy and Greece. I got to check those off. I want to go to Bordeaux, and I really want to go to like Southeast Asia, Thailand, Japan, um, all of it. Never done that. That's on my. That, I'd like to do that. I don't. I don't need to. I, I think Thailand would be pretty great. I don't know why. I'm just not. I'm not there. Do you like <laughs> Thai food? I do like Thai food. What personality trait has gotten you in the most trouble? I do love Greek food and Italian food better. What is that's a good one? Uh, that I initially always see the good in everybody, and so sometimes I can be too 
kind or trusting, which could lead you to be not as happy later. <laughs> Why is that so funny? Because uh, I know one example. Um, pro Crocs or anti Crocs? There is pro. no in between. Pro, huge all the pro. Way. I love Crocs. So I had never had a pair of Crocs from until about a year, maybe a year and a half ago. It would have been, yeah, a year and a half ago. It would have been not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before that. Everybody in the family, we all got Crocs. I love them. Like, you're in a pinch. You need to go run out and get the garbage can, or you need to take the garbage out, take the dog out real quick, something like that. You just step right into your Crocs. And then the fur-lined ones in the winter, when you got to go out in the snow, and they got good grip on the bottom, you got to go out on the snow and bring in the garbage or... Something, I just you can throw them on yes. at any time I wear to go them anywhere the or do every morning with the dew. Yeah, like I can just it just it's yep, like, yeah, comes right off. No big deal. Uh, real quick, we have like thirty seconds. By the way, did we just? I think we've gone like twenty straight minutes. I, think I we know, forgot to pretty break. good. Which is the worst? A having to get out of the shower to go number two. B having to go what? immediately after the shower, or C having to go again shortly after going a first time. From David Whalen. Tough question. This this feels. This feels like a question for you. I'm not even answering. This is this is your question. Go ahead. I think B because you're clean. Yeah. What was B? What were the choices? A having to get out of the shower to go number two. Okay. That's always never good. B having to go immediately after the shower because like you're clean. Like, How does this happen though? Huh? I don't know. Maybe the body's just not ready. Maybe. Okay. I think we should break. Yeah. You chose to read that question. You had a full mailbag. <laughs> you picked that question. It was a question for you and your humor, uh, and you loved it. Look at how joyful did, you were. I, did, I wish we were on this stream so people could see how joyous yeah, you were. Yeah, it's right been now. a week on that. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, how about so much more to come? You going to go to break here? I just said we got to go so, to break. I thought you were going to do it. No. I thought you were, like, taking no, – you're the head honcho. All right, so much more to come here on Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Live at Brown's Training Camp, located at the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right. Tomorrow, Gibbe just dropped a bomb on us. Donovan Peoples-Jones, my guy, DPJ. The law firm. Slated to join us right here. That's Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis. Yeah, to me, like there's a new firm in town. Did you ever cross paths with Ben Jarvis Greenellis? He was much later. Yeah, later. Okay. Yeah, that was the law firm. That was the law firm there. All right, the next level is next for Gibbe. But we'll be back with us tomorrow as well for Gibbe. I'm Nathan Zagura saying thanks for listening to another edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet here on 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.